What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 79, featuring Matt from Weather Ames here in Catonsville. His band is basically folk rock with a touch of uh, Americana, and uh, I first became friends with him after a Future Birds show here at the Schmidt House, which uh, we'll talk about later in the interview. But uh, anyway, uh, we had a pretty fun chat about uh, some of the backstories behind Weather Ames songs, uh, specifically my two favorite, which are One Drink Away and Two Towns Over, which come off of their album Beauty and the Wreck. I uh, feature two towns over on this episode momentarily, so if you dig it, definitely go check it out on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to music. Um, but yeah, we kind of talked about all kinds of stuff. Uh, Matt's been working with Corey and Jenna of Babe Club, as well as Justin from Susto, who helped produce the new album, which is coming out in a couple weeks. Um, I should mention that uh, if you hear a faint tapping sound in this interview, you're not going completely nuts. It's just that I accidentally left the metronome on in GarageBand and was not able to completely delete it. So my bad on that. Um, in other news and notes, I'm gearing up for a pretty big weekend myself. Uh, a bunch of gigs tonight at Scorpion Brewing in Southern Maryland. I'll be acoustic for that. Uh, tomorrow night, Full Tilt in Baltimore as a full band. Uh, back down to Southern Maryland for Roach Fest, which is a big uh, metal fest down there, which I'll be working, doing some media, selling some t-shirts. Uh, so if you're in the area, check that out. And then uh, I'll be opening for Ben Han Sunday, July 18th at Ram's Head in Annapolis. So if you're in the area for any of that stuff, definitely feel free to stop by, hang out, have a couple beers. Uh, hopefully you yourself are doing all right out there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting local music. Uh, we all really do appreciate it wherever you are. Uh, but yeah, this episode comes to you from uh, Music City, Maryland, as they're now calling it, in uh, Catonsville, Maryland. So uh, without really too much further ado here, we'll get to the interview with Matt from uh, Weather Ames. podcast so what's going on man great to be here appreciate yeah. the invite Looking I, forward uh, to it. i'm happy to be here too i actually am a genuine fan I oh i appreciate that 
So yeah, thanks a lot, man. Have you seen us live or just? Yeah. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. At a Schmidt House show or. The... So both times I've seen you with Susto. Okay, with them yeah. was one at the eight by ten. Yeah. Oh, that was a great show, man. That was yeah. that was fun. Yeah, I love those um, guys. They've been nice to us. They've been very kind to include yeah. us in that kind of stuff. So. So that's probably the main subject that probably just get out of the way yeah. right off the bat because Susto is like my all-time I don't know favorite living band <laughs> that's awesome like they really are <laughs> yeah so, I, I, I agree I um, agree. love their stuff yeah so me and my fiance live close by to you and when they were playing that one house show it was okay. literally down the street from us so was um, that an outdoor show was it in a guy's driveway garage. or was it it was in a garage yeah. yeah that would be that was like in December right yeah it was in so the you winter. live over by uh, my buddy Lee Bush this is Probably, he, yeah. he hosted him yeah 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 Justin's been from sister he's been great like in terms of just coming by and playing wherever mm-hmm. we want because there's a there's a huge fan base up here yeah. for Susto awesome. and uh, you know and so Mark, uh, who runs the Schmidt House shows, we get, we got to get you you guys in there, man. You guys college truth yeah. like to open up for somebody coming through. Yeah. Um, it's it's that's been how we've met everybody yeah. through those house shows. So then they'll stay at our houses or whatever. We get yeah. to know each other. Usually after the music's played and everything's loaded out, yeah. we start to get to know each other and um, and then all of a sudden you form these these relationships and then. If they're traveling, like yeah. Justin was doing a solo thing with um, the yeah. one girl, I think uh, she, Jordan Igloo. Yeah, jo- Jordan. Yeah. yeah, she was great. I oh, loved yeah. her songs. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. I ain't drunk, but I've been drinking. drinking. Yeah. It's not on the internet. I know it's We've not. Been I've been looking, looking for it everywhere. Yeah. I'll have to ask her. I'll have to reach out to Justin and see yeah, if, if you we can get her, a copy. And, if you got her number or something. Yeah, I will. I'll make sure that we get a copy because I've been I've been looking for it everywhere too. What a great song! But uh, I know. well, that's cool. You were you? How'd you find out about it? You were just like. Because it, it was close to the neighborhood? Uh, Sue still announced it, too. Oh, they yeah. did. Okay. They gotcha. did put That's it on perfect. their page. That's perfect. So, um, yeah. And, like, uh, for people who might be listening, I'm also a big fan of the Future Birds. Ah, yeah. And they just they, played last weekend. Right? And I didn't know about that Yeah, show. right, right. So, so um, there's a story behind that. I mean, essentially what, what happened was right before COVID, we were kind of tearing it up at those Schmidt House shows. Like, mm-hmm. we, we had... T. Hardy Morris, who's a yeah. loud, loud band. Yeah. Uh, we had Liz Cooper, who mm-hmm. she brings a lot of sound. Uh, Illiterate Light, yeah. a two-piece out of okay. Harrisonburg. They were bringing a lot of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our 50th birthday parties, man, we we, had, we combined them and the Future Birds played. Yeah. And it was like a frat party. Yeah. And so it got way out of hand, and then COVID yeah. shut everything down. But I think I was at that one. The Future Birds show? Yeah, because... Oh my gosh. Uh, I think we have footage of that. Um, like, that did remind me of the movie Old School. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was great. Because the median age there was probably 40. Exactly. I don't exactly. think there was anyone there, hardly oh, in their 20s, maybe. I know. Like, I know. It was, it was, that was, was a good, from what I remember, it was a good time had by all. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing because Mark and I did not put out a list of what we wanted for our birthdays, but every single person without asking knew that each of us wanted bottles of bourbon. So I left with like 24 bottles of bourbon that night. It was great. Um, I think I was given 26, but anyway, the, uh, the future bird show I think was like the one where we had somebody who was there. It's a real communal thing. You've been to it. And this guy just emailed like, thanks so much for letting us be in your house. You know, can I, I'm going to start a GoFundMe to clean the house because yeah. You know, Mike, Mark's wife, Karen, God bless her, she allows us to get these bands in there. But yeah. then the place was kind of like, you Correct. know, you got 150 people. 
So they cleaned it and everything. And then I guess COVID made us think about, well, how can we start this out a little slower? Mm-hmm. So Mark decided to ticket it. Okay. So, so whereas last time it was like, anybody, yeah. tell yeah. whoever, come and yeah. put 20 bucks in the birdhouse when we yeah. pass it around. And, and, uh, and then he would always be scrambling to pay the bands because yeah. it would be dependent on whether people gave money. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many people didn't, didn't pay. Didn't pay. So, um, so this was a much safer way for him to start it back up. And they were. It was perfect because their guitar player Thomas, mm-hmm. he lives down outside of Athens. He just had a baby, okay. so they wanted to tour this summer, but they yeah. knew they couldn't have the full band. So they just went. The three of them went out. So it was Kiffy, the pedal steel player, Carter. And, yeah. and and they did a bunch of shows. I think that last night was their last show okay. of the tour. So it worked out perfectly. We were able to yeah. do it outside. It was real, like a quiet setting, so it was good. But I think we might be able to work it back to what it was. We won't. We don't want to yeah. get near what it was because yeah, it, was getting, it was out of control. It was getting crazy. I mean, like I, I was telling people for a while that uh, Schmidt House shows were like the Great Gatsby <laughs> yeah. of like Cadenceville because you like. Yeah. Again, to reiterate, like, you know, you have to know somebody to know. Yeah. It's yeah. not like advertised. Definitely right. not like the address or anything. Right, exactly. If you knew generally the right street or downtown Cadenceville, you could probably listen closely <laughs> enough and, like, just follow by ear and, like, find the neighborhood. <laughs> the, 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 but, the one thing I think that, uh, that's interesting is there was a petition when uh, Mark's next door neighbor was, was alive. He actually passed away. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul, buddy. But uh, and and God bless him for letting us do so many shows. You know, yeah. he was he was in general he was he was pretty, um, you know, good about it. I mean, that's you know, it's a it's a lot of noise. But yeah. Mark started to do them mostly on Fridays and Saturdays, which was good. Yeah. Uh, but there were some we were doing in the middle of the week. People got to get up for work or whatever. But yeah. apparently there was a petition going around in his neighborhood, <laughs> and they they came to this uh, older woman who lives across the street from him, and and, yeah. and uh, they were like, "Well, you want do you want to sign because we want to shut these shows down?" And she's like. Oh no! I love it when Mark sings. Somehow she thought that Mark <laughs> yeah, was the always the band, yeah. even though the music sounded completely different every time we had one. But yeah. she thought Mark was Mark was the singer. So, um, but yeah, I think I think you know just to kind of bring it back to that whole house show thing. Like I I, I owe Mark and uh, everybody that kind of like pitches in to make those things happen. Yeah. Um, a lot of what the success we've had as a band in in terms of like. Just being able to get a show at eight by ten was yeah, because man. of Schmidt House. You know, like yeah. we got to meet these guys, and for a lot of of them, I think one of the things that's constant when we talk to them afterwards is like they like doing the house shows. Yeah, it's a break from you know, it's a break from the clubs and things mm-hmm. like that where they're loading in and and. And he does a good job of setting up like a green room for him, but they also I just mean, like being around people. Yeah, that place is hanging out. The place is amazing. I mean, I have, like yeah. full blown bar in there, yeah. and, like two it's, stages sometimes. It, it, exactly. Like, I mean, so you were at the fiftieth because that's the night we had the two. Yeah, stages. I think you yeah. were playing outside, yeah. and then like Future Birds were inside, yeah. and yeah, it was, it was great. It was a good time, man. Um, like I said, from what I remember. But anyway, I think like what's so cool, what's so important about that is what you're saying is the building of the community within the musicians and the people. Uh, Catonsville here in Maryland just got, you know, I think classified as like a music town or district now, which is cool. Yeah. There's a bunch of music shops already, a bunch of bands around. Um, Yeah. And I I think when you look at like people like, um, uh, you know, 
that take the initiative to put together like a Music City, Maryland CD and just yeah. to get local music out. And then you have um, Dennis Barth from Sunrider that's like booking bands like us to do stuff out of State Fair and 818 and Cape and Tavern and all that. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's turning into a live music town. You know, Which it's is not, great. And not, it's happening know. pretty quick yeah. lately, uh, I noticed. You know? Yeah, I know. I, and I think what's kind of cool about it is like you, you can go to these different places and a lot of the bands are playing original music, which is great. You know, yeah. It's not like Fell's Point where you go in and you one hear cover Brown, band after Brown the next. Eye Girl yeah. and then you go into the next one and you hear Sweet Caroline and everybody's saying whatever it is that they yell. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of cool about like this town right now is that there's a lot of original music that's being embraced. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's cool. So I'm... Uh, I think we're in the right place at the right time in terms of like being able to play original music to audiences that are not surprised by that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, no, that's I mean, kind of cool. It's yeah. great. Uh, it's exciting yeah. too. You know, you know, like, we, we were talking about, well, we should get a gig down the beach and I'm like, Be- people at the beach don't want to hear that I hit rock bottom and I just kept going. They don't want to hear my <laughs> lyrics. They want to hear Bob Marley and they want to hear like, yeah. you know, so, and, and I was talking to this guy, uh, our bass player this weekend about it and he his friend is Chris Diller I don't know if you know Chris yeah. he's a local musician he's like playing in Dewey yeah. and they're like we don't want any originals like yeah. nothing don't even don't even try it so, uh, yeah I think it yeah. probably does depend on the bar like yeah. obviously if you go to the fanciest most popular bar in yeah. Dewey or Ocean City they're not going to let you play originals but right. if you go play kind of a little more off the grid on some of those yeah. side street bars yeah I played there here and there and like definitely acoustic. I always feel like you can get away yeah. with originals That's sprinkled cool. in. That's cool. Um, yeah. as a full band, maybe it's a little trickier sometimes, but you know, I think that there's gonna be places slowly mm-hmm. that uh, allow it because one of the ones I should bring up is Colt Classic. Yeah. It's not on the beach, it's on the eastern shore of Maryland. Okay. Uh, across from uh, the Bay Bridge. Okay, so it's so, like in um Kent Narrows. Yeah, area. just before Kent Narrows. It's oh, an old cool. grocery store. Oh, wow. Not only they turned it into a brewery, but they turned it into a full blown concert venue. That's great, man. The front half's a brewery and the back half is a stage and it's like an old jazz club in there. That's awesome. And um, they even have an open mic that's been packed lately. Oh, that's cool. Like I, I went to go play there a couple of weeks ago, just thinking, eh, I might get to play, there might be people here, whatever. And then sure enough, I was next thing you know, I'm playing to a room of at least 40 or 50 people and they're all paying attention yeah which is even weirder because if you're familiar with open mics like you know usually yeah. people are yep. kind of just hanging at the bar right i start uh, i started so. in op- at open mic in yeah. uh fell's point okay a guy named ken gupperlet who um used to do every other monday night at the um at ledbetters yeah. before they renovated it and turned it into a high-end um bourbon bar it was like in Baltimore Magazine, it was always rated the top best dive bar. I mean, yeah. it was horrible. <laughs> it was great, though. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I learned a lot from playing with him and just kind of like about, you know, getting over your fear of, of playing in front of people. And that and yeah. he was always so kind. Like, he, as great of a musician as he, as he is, he never kind of passed judgment on, you know, your talent level. He was just trying yeah. to fall straight in everybody, and that was great. So... And then, and then we started um, writing music because when we were doing open mic, I very rarely played any originals. Yeah. Um, maybe one or two, smatter them in there, but um, started writing and, and um, now I've got 
four unbelievable musicians that are just like making the songs better. So that's really cool. Yeah, no, it was it was kind of cool to see you go from playing acoustic yeah. the first time I saw you, and then uh, again opening for Susto. You yeah. got the full band going. People yeah. were digging it, man. So yeah, was, that was, was that cool. night was um, a lot of fun. I thought there was a lot of people that came from our crew that you know packed yeah. the house for them. Plus, you know, Susto never puts on a bad show. They were nah. great. <laughs> I, I wasn't really into that middle band, but I don't know whether they were just stripped down yeah. or whether that's what they are always. Because I was at a festival down in Athens, Georgia, and yeah. they were playing, but we missed them. So then I saw that they were on the bill, and I was yeah. like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll get to see them. And I don't know whether they're usually a two-piece or what, but yeah, you know, it just didn't, it was, I felt bad for them because they were lodged in between two full sets, you yeah. know what I mean, whereas they may have been, they probably were, weren't were happy that we were put on bill. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I do know Justin was into it, though. Yeah. He was up yeah. there like the uh, like a Hawkeye there, kind of oh, at the second level, just, you know, chilling. Yeah. Kind of haunting the joint there yeah, a little yeah. bit. But he was he, up there with my friend Deli Del yeah. Hanchi. He's a he's a part of the Sunshine Brotherhood, and Deli was telling him all kinds of sto- stories about these stones he gets, and and he's like Deli really is into aliens and stuff, and like Hell yeah. and so yeah. Justin was saying to me after the show, he's like. Yeah, man, your set was awesome. I kept trying to like focus on listening, but Deli was talking to me about these moonstones and aliens and stuff. I was like, yeah. well, just enjoy it while you can, because the conversation with him is always going to be better than a weather game yeah. set. I mean, you, know, you can't replace that stuff. You know, it's like, I'll have to get him get him here on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, you, you would uh, you would you would probably need to, like a, a Deli to English dictionary translator because that guy speaks an interesting vernacular, but it's poetic. <laughs> Uh, I actually wrote a song about Dell. Um, we went to, we went to, uh, we just impromptu asked if he wanted to go with us because yeah. a bit older than us. But our our buddy uh, Lee that had that Susto show you went to, that's his uncle. Mm-hmm. And we were like, you want to go down and see um, Sunvolt? This was probably 15 years ago down at yeah. the Sonar Lounge. Remember yeah. that place? Yeah. Yeah. Some good shows there. Yeah, man. And uh, and the Fruit Bats opened up. You ever listen to them? Eric Johnson? Uh, really good. Really I know good Eric position. Johnson, but I guess I didn't know yeah. that. He's, no. um, he's, uh, he's the front man of the Fruit Bats. He used to play like with the Shins and toured with them. He's in a, a band called Bonnie Light Horseman. That's amazing. They're like a yeah. group of musicians that kind of joined together. Anyway, um, we saw... Fruit bats. I'd never heard of them. So, like now, 15, 20 years later, whatever it is, I'm still listening to them. But Deli came with us that night, and um, it wound up being like the craziest, most perfect night. And I wrote one of my first songs I ever wrote was called Close to Perfect. And that song's about hanging yeah. out with Del Hanchi because I'd never done it before. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, I will never, I will never uh, uh, miss an opportunity to do that ever again. So, he's a good guy. He's always at the Schmidt House shows. He's the one okay. that usually is cooking. Nice. He usually brings the food. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll have he's, to. A, he's a good guy. He brought a pizza the other night for the um, for the Future Bird show. So they, I'll have to swap alien yeah. theories with him next time. Yeah, there you go. Run by him. Oh, so. who, he would love that. He would <laughs> love <right>. that, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, that's cool that uh, you're able to get into writing your own stuff, obviously. I was kind of curious how long you've been doing it, man. I know you've yeah. been putting music out on Spotify for yeah. a certain amount of time. Um so I would say it probably was okay. So basically, the the history of it is, I was teaching art at uh, you know the high school where I'm principal now, and during my 
um, break, you know, we get a planning yeah. break, I would go down to the guitar class, right. and the dude would play really good songs, yeah. you know, and the kids would follow along, and then he told me to go buy a Yamaha for a hundred bucks at Music and Arts, I did, yeah. and then I just started learning, like, old Sunvolt songs, Jay Farrar, he's mm. one of my favorite songwriters, and then once I kind of learned them, I started to get kind of an idea that I had my own voice that I wanted to do, but I was yeah. really still writing kind of like... They were they were still kind of ripoffs of his stuff, you know. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, just to start, you know, just yeah. so I could have some product. And so I wrote an album, a whole album, like probably twelve years ago. Yeah. Because I was teaching still when I did that. It may, may have been fifteen years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, that was when I started to really write songs, and yeah. and that was called Five on the Bench. And then, um, and then I started getting. Uh, playing with this guy Sean Lagami and we started a band called Gordon Fogg and gotcha. we would play opening yeah. for almost all the Schmidt House shows and I I wrote a little over half of the songs for that yeah. band and and um and Sean would write some and I would write some and then um I just really liked being kind of like the guy singing the songs and being oh, the front yeah. man and it, and yeah. it was like I'm gonna try this on my own for a bit and I thought I was just going to do some solo stuff. And then I hooked up with this guy, Aaron Buckheister. I don't know if you've ever met him out of Annapolis. He's in Black Rhinoceros. And um, he's also in another band that I can't remember the name of right now. But they're more of a full rock yeah. thing. And he's talented. He plays like pedal steel, guitar, piano, drums, everything. Yeah. Bass, uh, lead guitar. And so I said, hey, I have these songs. Will you record them? And we went down to his house, and I like in two days, he recorded them, and we kept them really stripped down. Yeah. And then I was listening to him, and I was like, speaking of Schmidt House shows, I I reached out to Corey, the guitarist at the time from Susto. Yeah. He and Jenna, Jenna was the bassist. Yeah. And I was like, would you mind, like, would you, what did I say, would you mind mixing this? Yeah. So I, I was like. I'm just going to send this down so he can kind of play around with, you know, levels and maybe bring yeah. certain things in or cut certain things out and just, you know, use some creativity because I have mm -hmm. a lot of respect for what he did with Susto. And then he calls me and he's like, do you mind if I uh, play guitar on this one? And I was like, no. <laughs> then he's like, do you mind if I play drums and bass on this one and some keys? I'm like, no. So yeah. the next thing I know, it just starts evolving and he did the first album, Holy Smoke. He just completely yeah. added every instrument that Aaron hadn't already recorded, okay. which was really just dobro and yeah. and pedal on some of them. It's funny because I actually did talk to them on the podcast. Uh, and obviously, you came up. And uh, it's, I don't know, strangely enough, I wasn't as familiar with that album, I guess, of yours. Okay. Because we were, yeah. Yeah, we were kind of putting the pieces together. It's like, yeah. wait, you worked with Matt and Weather Ames? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm actually very familiar with uh, Beauty and the Wreck. I don't yeah, know. okay. That'll be one year so. old in, um, it's on our, calendar, our band calendar, I think, in the middle of August. Yeah. It came out. I remember I was at the beach and it came out and I was excited. It was it's like, a good album, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate like, I, that. that. There's a couple of songs in there I like, really like. Well, so, thank you. Which one uh, do you like? Do you... Do you uh, I mean, one drink away. Oh, you uh, love that one, huh? Oh, it kind of <laughs> resonates with me pretty <laughs> good. Go. Um, That's what I, yeah. I like to... I like to write... Things that are kind of vague enough with, yeah. with a lot of like idioms or, yeah. or uh, you know, I, I'm also a big fan of using homonyms, but to try to find the hook. I try to keep it as general. That's why idioms are great. 
you know, just these old sayings that yeah. anybody can kind of like interpret how yep. yeah, they want. So it right. doesn't have to be exact, which is kind of cool. So everybody kind of yeah. um, has their own interpretation. So, so talk about a different process for recording. That, so with Holy Smoke, I just explained it was like yeah. Arn thinking we were doing one thing, and then Corey, yeah. I just wanted the mix, and then the next thing he does, he produces the whole thing. Yeah. So then that was then what we did was as a band which is Sam Winecoop, the bass player, Ed Baldy, the keyboard player, John Silver, who was also in Gordon Fogg, he's our guitar player, and Brian Moran, who's our drummer. We, we started playing Corey's Holy Smoke songs, Yeah. and we were playing them like Corey produced them. Mm-hmm. So that actually started to give us kind of an aesthetic. Thank you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Um, that, came, that kind of gave us a, an aesthetic to work from. And so the next one, Beauty and the Wreck, um, and I appreciate you listening to it, he, that we were like, well, let's go in. And then I would bring these songs and like Ed would say, what if we changed kind of like the chord progression here a little bit? Or what if we added yeah. this? Or what if we changed these, these couple of notes? So it became, and then Sam would chime in and John would chime in and then Brian, the drummer, would have awesome ideas, you know, and, and, and not just ones about rhythm or, or about the beat or whatever. Um, dynamics or you know he has a really yeah. good way of just like he's a good musician so he knows like I think it would be cool if you guys did this vocally so all of a sudden I'm looking around the room and I'm like this is a band you know yeah. so that's how that one was recorded is everybody had stake in how the songs yeah. were written and then I like the whole plan was to put out another album like that so this yeah. would be three albums in three years and yeah, yeah. Ass, man. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I might as well get it out of me while I have it. You yeah. know? It's like, I don't want to sit on any of this stuff and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, people want to listen to it. So, um, so I had planned on just, we would, we would start the process again. And, yeah. um, then all of a sudden COVID hit and I was like, well, you know, well, actually that's not really true because we recorded beauty in the wreck during COVID. Yeah. We, we, we were in, the studio during COVID. Yeah. That's when we did it. Um, but I flew down to Charleston in October and spent three days with Corey and Jenna. Yeah. And they're now in Babe Club. Yeah. And so I'm not sure which podcast. Did you? Yeah, we did one for Babe, Babe Club, Club, basically. Yeah. yeah, they're doing great, man. They're, they're, uh, I just talked to Corey today. He said that if he doesn't have my final song from the album done by Friday, I can fly down to Charleston and kick his ass. So. Um, as so, long as he pays the tab on that flight that's right exactly <laughs> um, so so he's no he's been great and I they actually we started more like the holy smoke kind of yeah. process so it's different from Beauty and the Rack but I'm looking forward to I just want to get these seven or eight songs out as another album because the experience was so cool and yeah. Corey Corey once again knocked it out of the park um so that's that album. I think will probably be out in um, probably I would say three four weeks. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and it's then a full gonna, album. Yeah. Like well, EP or what? it's it's seven right now. Definitely done. I have yeah. one that I did with Aaron that I'm thinking about put on putting on. That's out on Spotify. So that would make eight. I figure yeah. it's good. That's enough. an album to me. Yeah. Right. Might as well. Yeah. And then. Um, I want we we have a tour lined up in the in the um, fall down south. We're going to uh, Brevard, North Carolina, for a show, and then we're going to play at the Royal American in Charleston. Oh, you're gonna play Royal American? Yeah. yeah. Again, 
one of the benefits, you know, yeah. pay it forward of Mark hosting these bands and, and yeah. just this community that he's built. Musicians, like, Corey goes, well, I told him we're looking for a gig down there somewhere. He's like, well, let me let me just talk to the manager of uh, the Royal, and he booked yeah. us for the day we wanted. And it's like, so now we're just looking for a place to play on the way back up. But we're just going to do a mini kind of, like, five-day mm-hmm. tour, just go down there and play. And, and um, I think that'll be... Great in terms of being a band too, just yeah. having that experience together and and just kind of you know being in a van and talking and shooting shit and having a good time. Oh, that's so, cool, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. November. So, all right. So Maybe we'll try um, to make it down there. I've, I've been trying to go to that bar for a while because I see Sue still always playing it. Oh man, that's so, uh, it's, it's such a cool place. The t- yeah. the stage is tiny. Yeah. Which worries me, but we had good practices Saturday night at that gig. Uh, no, Friday night down down in um. Locust Point, we played a really small stage. It was um, yeah. it was eight feet by twelve feet, and yeah. we have the five of us up there. And <laughs> Sam leans over to me and says, "Man, we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to practice. This is good practice for the Royal American." So, um, you wouldn't know it from the photographs of that place yeah. if you follow them on Instagram, or whatever. Mm-hmm. All all kinds of great bands play there almost yeah. every night. Um, food's good too. So yeah, it's like the epicenter for that music scene down there it does sound like it is yeah because so. justin just did a solo tour he started called rogue acoustic yeah and he started there and mm. ben bridwell yeah. came um and um uh, she returns from war i think sang with him on one song i think there's going to be an album coming out i'm looking forward to seeing that or listening yeah. to that so yeah we're excited to go down to that place it's gonna be awesome yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, and it's cool too. I mean, that you're able to string dates together and still get out. Yeah. Um, with you know, I'm yeah, sure you I guys mean, all got pretty legit jobs. Yeah. So uh, we have a we have a so. we have another principal, two principals in the band. We have a nurse that uh, uh, yeah. works in the like, uh, you know, in intensive care, I think, or you know, yeah, I John, see. You. John's going to correct me. I'm not sure where he, but I, but it's an intense job. Weird hours, you know, yeah. like working overnight, three days in a row, then two yeah. days off. It's kind of weird. Um, Brian works. Um, as like a consultant, I think IT for Amazon. Yeah, uh, he's busy as can be. And then Ed owns his own company for international um, production. So he'll do like Coca Cola yeah. in Thailand, and huh. I'll have like a two week convention, and he'll go down there for a month or so and get ready for it. And he'll do all the set design, all the music, wow. all the videography, all that. He, you know, he farms yeah. it out and stuff to different contractors, but then they put together this big pr- production. Well, when COVID hit, you talk about two words that aren't going to work anymore. International <laughs> convention. Yeah. It just screeched to a halt, but everything happens for a reason. Cause we were able to do beauty in the rec because mm. Ed was never available. He would send us a text and say, when are we getting together, boys? I'll be back from Russia in two months. And we're yeah. like, I guess we're getting together in two months, you know? Yeah. And then he, uh, you know, I you know, hate to be selfish, but it was great that he had time again, you know? And I know yeah. he was happy that he was he had time with his family. Um, and we were able to just go down there and rehearse the new songs. Yeah. So that was the first time we really, because I didn't really rehearse when I went in to record with Aaron. Mm-hmm. Holy smoke! Um, in fact, I didn't even play with a click, so made yeah. Corey's job even harder to try to build all these instruments around it. But he did a great job. But now 
with um, Beauty and the Wreck, we played to a click, and Brian laid down the drums first, and did yeah. it a traditional way, like from start to finish. We wrote together as a band, we rehearsed the music before we mm. went in and recorded it. We scheduled studio time right there um, by Little Havana's, yeah. and Jerome so, Mafia was the one that, that yeah. produced it. So I guess that maybe is a little different than when you first started, like, yeah. uh, in that you probably wrote more songs by yourself, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good question, because, yeah. yeah, I mean... I don't know, maybe it evolves a little bit. Right? Yeah, so I so I guess, like, the, the, the topic of the songs is, you know, what, the, what they're about to me. Yeah. Um, like I said, I keep them vague, but I kind of know what they're about, yeah. you know? Um, or at least they become what I was thinking they were yeah. about. Um, but... They were very, they were very like introspective for a while there, and then just from talking to other people and uh, like you, I just mm -hmm. listen to it as much as I can. You know, it's yeah. like, if you want to be a good writer of novels and read a lot of novels, right? Even better, yeah. Rewrite them, yeah, you know? exactly. And so. so I, I basically have been learning a lot. Like, for here's a perfect example. Like, I'll be sitting in Charleston in a, in this little studio room that. Corey's set up and I and I you know record something yeah. and he'll say why are there two measures before the bridge let's just go right into the bridge or do you even need this line like he'll he'll say he's really cool about it he'll be like you know is this lyric really important because if it is we'll leave it in but mm -hmm. I think you know musically it would be better if you just did yeah. that so structure wise I've been learning a lot from people like him talking yeah. to musicians that stay here or stay at Mars. Yeah, that is a yeah. whole different rabbit hole of discussion, yeah. as it were. But, like, you know, my guy that I work with, Felix, who's often in my band, like, he's got a full-blown, you know, production studio. And, um, I, you know, just having that ear that listens to music yep. all day long, yep. like, they know instantly it's when you do something weird. Yep. And, I mean, not to say something weird is bad, of course, but, like... Like you're saying, like, yep. hey, you're kind of really drawing this part out. Mm -hmm. Let's just yep. nip it right here. Yep. And Corey's actually cut uh, out entire verses of songs and made them better. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Something about the way I wrote those lyrics, I think I might have just been trying to get through them just so I felt like I had enough verses. And yeah. you know, he's like, there isn't any kind of set amount of verses. I actually, this, I guess it was late spring, I did a writing workshop, which yeah. was really cool with Buck Meek. Mm -hmm. He's uh, the guitarist from Big Thief, if you've ever listened to them. They're from Brooklyn. Really good. Yeah. Good band. Anyway, he's got a couple of solo albums out. And um, I did a writing workshop with like 150 other people all over the world. Yeah. It, it was really cool. It was like 100 bucks or something. Like online? And, yeah, it was great. It was wonderful, man. He lectured and then he gave us a homework assignment. And then you only had like the first day, we had 15 minutes to write yeah. basically a chorus. And then we had to come back on and share it with our group, and it was like, ah! But it was it was a really cool experience, and I learned yeah. a lot from him. It's funny because I bet yeah. Felix was in that class with you. Oh, okay, tell me about that. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's a company that does them. Yeah. And they they, you know, they have different guest yeah. musicians, but I just have so much respect for Buck Meek that I was like, I can't pass this up. I want to hear. Yeah. Not that I get to personally pick his brain because you know there's 150 people with their hands up to ask questions. Yeah. And I was never lucky enough to be one of those, but. The, um, the the way he just broke down, he would lecture in the beginning, it was great. Just listening mm -hmm. to people who have different ways of writing was great, you know, just yeah. exploring different ways. So now, 
uh, like even even hearing people say, um, you know, that they wrote a song about a story or something that had really very little to do with them, mm-hmm. made me try. You know, so yeah. so then I got out of writing more stuff that was just about me. Yeah, I feel like that is a big step yeah. in like everyone's writing process. Once you're able to kind of yep. detach from your own stuff and go like, ooh. Like you were saying, your buddy had a, you know, some crazy yep. stories or a crazy persona. Yep. And like I've been trying to do that more often now too. And yeah. like I don't know. Well, that that's the one thing. Like I, I've been saying to um, a lot of the people in, that I'm, you know, that I'm in conversations with about songwriting is that my goal is to try to write things that are more narrative. Because yeah. like the fact that Patterson Hood from DBT can do it so well. You got Willie Vlaughton, who, um, if you haven't checked his, his stuff out, he was in a band called Richmond Fontaine. I'm about to read his novel right there. Nice. Um, that's like his sixth book. He's a he's a phenomenal artist, but like he writes albums that tell stories. Yeah. It's amazing to me how he can do it with phrasing and everything. Like mm-hmm. that's, to me, I scat. I don't yeah. know how you write, but I scat over chord progressions. I'm just messing around, and then I scat a melody. And then I try to find words that fit the, fit the syllables, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, I might go to my notebook and find like a a line that somebody said or I heard at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> somebody crazy says something that's kind of cool but yeah. really like profound <laughs> and they didn't mean it to be. Yeah. I think that's the best kind of a snippet you can yeah. take, you know? And then I'll just lay that in as the hook because it's the syllables match. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, so now this is what the song's about. Mm-hmm. So then you go backwards and just write the verses so that they make sense with it. So yeah. that's the way I've been doing it. But now I'm like, mm, did that run its course? Do I need to try something out just to keep it fresh? I want to. I really yeah. want to write something narrative, but I don't have any really good stories yet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Maybe after it, our, tr- our tour. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes it is more fun to tell other people's stories that's than true. your own too. That's true. There's a I, there's a really great um, songwriter you should check out named Ian No from okay. Kentucky and he's he's a narrative writer too yeah. and they're all not about you know they're like things from like the 1800s or something yeah. like the Decemberists did that too I think yeah. really well yeah and then you can really go off the Richter if you want and you could even go into like fantasy realms yeah. and stuff like yep. freaking Iron Maiden or whatever right want. that's true but Black um, Sabbath exactly yep. but um, no, it's, it's cool whichever way limitless Exactly. What kind of what kind of stuff um, are you writing about right now? Like, are you are did you write did you do any kind of COVID songs? Well, I did one. It was called Dispensary Kid. And, uh, <laughs> let's just say I have a friend with a, a proclivity for spending a lot of money at the dispensary. So he, he he like texts me one day at the height of it, and he gets his stimulus check. Uh huh. He's like. Guess what I did? <laughs> I bet you could guess. Yeah. Like, I spent the whole thing there, <laughs> and I was like, "And he's got some other stuff going on in his life that just kind of separates him from yeah. being part of the crowd." Uh-huh. So I was like, "Dude, we're sitting around the campfire. I was like, can can I just write a song about like yeah. this segment of your life right now? Because this That's this awesome. is great. That's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that we're in for. I think we're already starting to see it. We're in for some really good music yeah. because people were Cooped instead up. of uh, instead of traveling and, and touring where they may not have had time to focus. I think we're gonna hear some really good stuff. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited for all these albums to be released. 
So. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, for instance, this podcast, obviously, was something to do yeah. during that time, which I probably wouldn't have done right. prior to that. Exactly. So I feel like everybody's getting a little, branching out just slightly. Yeah. You know, different I, things. If I so. never see another online show, though, I'll be okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean just just the energy of being, we went and saw a band called the Cordovas. Oh, yeah, I love the Cordovas. Oh, man. Yeah. So Joe Firstman is, is, is he's a hoot. Um, they came and played a Schmidt House show, but they didn't play in the house. They played at State Fair. Yeah. And um, they did a bunch of dead covers, and they're yeah. just they're just amazing musicians, all of them. And we stayed up to like five in the morning. My dog's tired. That was a good um, on the podcast. That was a good yeah. That's a good that was a good uh, yawn there, Andy. Yeah. So we stayed up to like four or five in the morning playing, passing the. Um, acoustic around that's awesome Sam our bass player was playing a bunch of John Prine and they were playing all these yeah. country like these like way old traditional songs it was really cool yeah but uh we went and saw them um two weeks ago at the Ransad down in Annapolis uh, I almost went to that show there was but... nobody there you, you it uh, okay I mean I've never been in that place where you yeah. can just they you didn't you know how you usually ticket a yeah a table yeah they just sat us like right in yeah, front of the stage that's awesome um but anybody who did come was was entertained for sure because they were phenomenal. Yeah. And they were getting ready for a dead festival up in Scranton, PA. So they were practicing. Yeah, the Peach at, Fest. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Yep. And they were they were practicing their chops with um, the dead songs. So they played yeah. probably three quarters of their set, maybe more. Yeah. It was all dead. Um, but just to watch. Yeah. No. You know, they're like, they like queue up I don't know other. what it is, man. It just, it They've wasn't playing together a get. long time. Yeah. I've seen them play. Like, you could tell. Like, yeah. They just, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They live together. They oh. live in the same house. So, COVID, I was talking to Toby, who's one of the guitarists. He's like, we've just been playing. And yeah. it's made us even better. I don't know how they could get better. But, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're so tight. But, um, yeah. So, just to, like, we were all looking around at each other, like, this is so cool to be in a yeah. venue again. And watching live music and watching like people's fingers move and yeah. you get to pick what the what to watch. You know what yeah. I mean? Like whereas with this internet stuff that everybody had to do, first of all, the sound quality was hardly ever good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My only yeah. my only fun of I guess all that with everybody doing online shows is the comments section. Oh yeah. I just like to get yeah. on there and just talk to people. <laughs> I don't know. I know. We were all like, we were all bored as shit. It's like nothing bad, but it was just kind of yeah. just like getting in the chat room with people and yeah. you'd be talking about something that has nothing to do with the show. Yeah. But it'd just be I don't yeah. know, something to do. There like, the there there's uh there's this couple that just like I mean, you talk about music lovers, uh, Jill Murphy and her husband Mike, they um they have house shows down in D C. Yeah. A really cool house down in D C. It's beautiful. Um old neighborhood they go to every time i see them on instagram they're like in another festival <laughs> so they will yeah. really hit hard because their yeah. whole life revolves around where's yeah. our next trip you know where's yeah. our next trip and so and she was actually um i don't know part of like the the um what's the place out in columbia right by clyde's not merryweather no it's like an indoor um uh, uh just closed did it really yeah it yeah. was called Ona played there. I don't know if you've ever heard of the band Ona. You should check no. them out from yeah. West Virginia. They're amazing. They've been at Schmidt House. They've played up here a bunch of times. Okay. They're great guys. Um, but that place, Ona played. Yeah. And um, Jill was actually the booker. The, or the Soundry is what it was called. Yes. 
Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, it had like blue lights on the bar, like it was like high end. Yeah, apparently it was pretty it fancy. I never made yeah, it in there. It but. didn't really fit with the music, but yeah. But, um, but anyway, she did all that, and then she invited um, me and Sam and Aaron went down and played, open for the Dogwood Tales in her. They're a band out of Harrisonburg too, like a little mm-hmm. light, and we opened up for them down in her, um, her, uh, her living room, and that was cool. But um, the reason I brought them up is that, like, you know, they're, I think they're, they're just music people, like, that's, that's their life, right? They yeah. do everything with that. So they had to fill the void because they were so used yeah. to hosting shows. So they started hosting them, um, you know, via the internet. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to open for Aaron Ray. And we spent probably three hours before the show started just trying to figure out my computer because I was doing oh. it from my my, yeah. my studio yeah, area down. Kind of couldn't get it to sound right the guy actually yeah. took over my computer remotely <laughs> he had a friend who was like in right. IT tried to do it I never could get it dialed in and it just it, it just sucked it you know yeah. I had this nice opportunity she's amazing mm. an amazing songwriter but I'm glad it's all in the past you know yeah you guys been playing out yeah We've been able to get out um, at least. How'd it feel? I mean, uh, we never really stopped. Oh, really? <laughs> like, really? How'd you find gigs? <laughs> well, we kind of made them. <laughs> oh, I see. Just for friends uh, and stuff? Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. So, yeah, we did one like that. We did uh, it from a rooftop. Yeah, I mean, I, we definitely stopped there for whatever it was, three or six months, maybe. But Yeah. Um, once summer rolled back around. Is everybody in your band local? Uh, largely. I mean, yeah, nobody yeah. lives like, well, yeah, nobody really lives too far. It depends. So it's pretty easy to get together for rehearsal and stuff like that? Generally speaking. Yeah. It's funny though, because my bands, I, I call it like a mercenary band. I've been playing with so many different people for yeah. so long yeah. that it kind of is a revolving door. Like, yeah, I understand. I, like, I, like you spinal tap drummers? Yeah, you just keep exactly. Like, I, I, my, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> My drummer's currently on the mend right now, but um, uh-huh. anyway, like, uh, yeah. You never know who's going to be behind you. I'm always steering the ship or whatever it is. I'm the ringleader of the circus. Right. But I'm just sort of like, yeah, whoever can play, let's get a band together tonight. I know exactly and like, what you mean. Um, yeah. So I feel like I'm slowly building, you know, a network of people where it's like, all right, first string, second thir- string, third string, right. like bass player, like, right. like whoever's... Unfortunately, like people tend to remember my stuff, which That's helps. Good. So yeah. um, usually we can fit right back in there. We um we I think we got it to the point where everybody's committed to it, which is great. You know, because yeah, they're all you can get a good core together. They can just That's go cool. do what they want. They, they yeah. don't need my songs. They're so freaking yeah. talented. So you know that feels good because yeah. we're starting to get like we were talking after, and this is our first. Well, it's not our first gig. It's our, it's our third or fourth gig since since things reopened. But we were just talking about how we're starting to just kind of feel the dynamics of the songs without even having to look at each other and just yeah. as a feel, which yeah. you can only get if you do that. Because I was in a similar situation with you. Like like you, I, I, we, I think I played with like three or four different drummers. Yeah. Sam was playing keyboards when we <laughs> first started, not the bass. Um, it's it just been kind of, yeah. like you said, a mercenary band. Yeah. Um, so it feels good to have the guys settled in, but I, but one one of the things we're finding out is like the summer. Well, you're a firefighter, right? Yeah. So like, what's that? Do you have those shifts where you're like 
three days on and then two days off, so it makes it hard to schedule everything, right? It's a blessing and a curse, yeah. but the nice part is you know far enough out what it is, and yeah. then, um, you know, it's effectively 270 days off a year. Yeah. So it's sort yeah. of just like trying to make things land on the days you're off. Right. And, uh, you know, try to get some leave or something. Yeah, if, exactly. If you can. Yeah, that's, what, that's what we've been able to do. And like I said, uh-huh. with, with Ed, Ed had the toughest schedule. So with him yeah. now having his own business and stuff, I think he's mm-hmm. got more time. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, I, don't, I, will, I will say, like, it's taken more of a priority for me. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't, I don't have a problem using my vacation days. Yeah. Instead of going to the beach, maybe I'll go record music, yeah. you know, or I'll fly somewhere and and play or whatever. You know, yeah. like, I don't, like, to me, it's like, the oh, life's yeah. too short to not do what I'm enjoying, you know. It's cool to but, see that you're doing it, man. Yeah, man. Like, you're actually it. out there getting yeah. after it and, uh, yeah. Not letting, I don't know, whatever it is, get in the way. Like, the fact uh, that I'm 52, that I got a house, three kids, yeah. a dog, a cat. I'm a principal of a high school. Yeah, I'm not I letting mean, any of that get in my way. So, so It feels good, though. It's like golf, right? Some yeah. people play golf. Yeah. They're out six hours away from yeah. the family, whatever. I don't, basically, my wife and I have an empty nest going on anyway right now. Yeah. So I've been really getting into playing and stuff. And are you yeah. Are you writing pretty much all the time? I mean... I guess what I mean by that is, you're always thinking about writing songs. Oh yeah, yeah. My that's head's always yep. kind of been in the clouds or whatever. Like, yep. So you hear something, uh, and you're like, "That could be a song." Yeah. Or you're yeah. Yeah, you always like you always store those little tidbits away, and now you can do yeah. it digitally too yep. with notes and voice memos, yep. and like it's so easy to yep. actually kind of yep. keep ideas around. But like I got one song coming out next weekend, just overthinking and over drinking, <laughs> <laughs> and that was just because like I love you, it. Like you said, COVID. Was talking to somebody on the podcast, and it's like, yep, that's what we've been doing. And he's like, you should turn that into a song. I'm like, all right, fine, <laughs> why not? <laughs> you got the rhyme right there, baby. Yeah. That's awesome. So. The uh, the the interesting thing about that song you mentioned, "One Drink Away," is, and I think you'll like it. Um, and again, I'm hoping that it'll be out to everybody on Spotify, uh, whatever, you know. Yeah, um, soon. Yeah, in a month. But Corey changed it. Yeah. Yeah, so the one that's on Beauty and the Wreck yeah. is um, more of a straightforward kind of like, you know, rockabilly song, whatever, whatever yeah. you call it, I don't know, however you want to describe it. But he changed it into this kind of like, um, it's got this really interesting beat and and he changed the chord progression a bit mm-hmm. so i had to change the melody and i really like it yeah. it's got a different vibe to it so i'm wondering if like i, I would love to hear from you somebody who likes that song who's heard yeah. it from beauty and the wreck like what you think of the next one and if if it makes you think it's about something different you know because mm-hmm. yeah. just to, it's it's so cool like that that's one of the things i love is talking to people about the process yeah no, you know you're one I mean? of those guys too like that I don't know. Sometimes I learned so much from it, man. I feel like sometimes people, certain people, like just playing more than the creative side, and like, yep. There's no right answer, obviously. Right. But I do like the. the I can't. Yeah. I can't get into a. I can't get into a conversation about pedals. And yeah. Gear. I can't. I don't know anything. I mean, I just learned that monitors are called wedges, mm-hmm. and I feel so like cool yeah. saying <laughs> wedges now. You know, like I overuse it. 
Yeah. It's like, well, we should put this wedge here and that up. wedge there. Yeah. Like, I, like, look, I'm dropping industry <laughs> standard terminology, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I can like, I love to talk about you know yeah. how to how to build lyrics and how to build ideas and all that. With that's mostly what I talk about when people yeah. stay here. Like, yeah. and my wife will always say, like, I remember there's a guy named um, Austin Crane from um, Valley Maker. In fact, yeah. to make sure. When Mark sends the email, are you on his um, email list? I'm not probably. I think so that's you are. Why I'm I think you are. But look, I'm going to make sure. I'm going to triple check. I'm going to triple check. But it. Austin yeah. and um, Valley Maker are playing at Mark's. Okay. Um, in August, so I'll make sure you get in Sweet. there definitely. But uh, he's staying here that night, okay. and. He came and played a show at the Phoenix, the upstairs of it, before it closed. Yeah. And we opened up for him, and then they stayed here, and we stayed up till like three or four in the morning talking about writing, mm -hmm. and um, and talk about learning a lot. Pick that guy's brain; it's phenomenal. He uh, he's just he's otherworldly as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, my wife came down as like. Would you please let them go to bed? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, this is what they do for a living, Matt. Okay? Yeah. Like, you know, they're not off tomorrow. They have to drive yeah. and go to another show. Mm -hmm. And But uh, Austin was nice enough to um, to humble me and, yeah. like, entertain the conversation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had a good old time. So I guess I didn't... Uh, burn any bridges because he just texted me the other day is hey can I stay at the house mm -hmm. after the Schmidt house show I was like yeah absolutely now he didn't say uh, and we should stay up and talk until four in the morning yeah. and you can pick my brain so I, I think I'm probably going to give him a break this time but I do like yeah. getting into those conversations those are yeah, like just to hear other people's takes on stuff and how they write start it's a podcast cool... yeah right there you go <laughs> I was thinking about doing a podcast Ooh, there you go. Yeah, I think those probably exist as they well. They do. They do. I googled them. I googled them. Yeah. I'm sure it's like I'm sure it's like uh, that people talking about Trailer Park Boys uh, episodes or something. Uh, you know, uh, my favorite is the uh, Cannabis Investing Network. Oh, I I saw that yesterday. Oh, I saw yeah. it on Google. Yeah, that's one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get. I I like Mark Marin. You ever listen to him? Yeah, my, yeah. My girlfriend likes him. Oh. Hey. Leave him alone. He's working. <laughs> That's Andy. She's uh she's like the unsung six band member because yeah. she'll we used to rehearse down in my studio downstairs and she would come down and when John would hit certain notes on his guitar, oh, it would like howling. hit her ears and she would howl. Yeah. And it actually she was really quite good. I mean it was she's oh. she's on key, man. She yeah. has perfect pitch. So to get her up there. All right, get down, babe. Get down. <laughs> Leave him alone. Come here. Go lay down. Yeah, I guess the other song, probably two I've, I was going to bring up, was uh, Two Towns Over. Like uh, I have a story about that one. Yeah, Did I was like curious. Yeah. So there's a bar in Catonsville called Morseburger's Tavern. Mm -hmm. And the general rule for Morseburger's Tavern is that you never look anybody in the eye. <laughs> um, there have been a few murders in the bathroom. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a dive bar, but it's awesome. Yeah. You talk about one, there's an old quote from Picasso that says like, he gets his inspiration from a torn piece of paper or, mm. or a cloud or whatever. I don't, yeah. think, don't remember it uh, verbatim, but I used to have it on, like, I was a painter because I was yeah. an art teacher, and I used to have it on my easel just to mm. remind me, like, to get inspiration anywhere you can get it. 
And that's that's my muse, man. Yeah. Morse burgers. Because right. you just sit there and you eavesdrop <laughs> and you hear some really poetic stuff. Right. So so I go to Morse Burgers one night and um, the owner is if you catch him on a normal day, yeah, he's usually in a place that I don't know how to explain. He speaks um, in riddles that don't make any sense. <laughs> he's like, he's just crazy, all yeah. this energy. I think huh. I know why. Um, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, drinking, he goes, I drink coffee in the morning, I smoke dope in the afternoon, and then powder in the evening. Right? And I'm like, I'm like shaking my head. And meanwhile, on the other right, hand, so that's I'm that freaking typing from. that yeah. on my phone. I'm like, dude, that is money that's Hunter s thompson right there man <laughs> so that line came from that conversation and yeah. the thing about that guy is you don't want to engage too much because he will take you down a rabbit hole that mm. makes no sense um and so a couple too many brown ass yeah, tabs back it, it, oh i think so yeah. i think so um so so basically i kind of wrote that song about you know well i built it around that but then I wrote it about this idea of, uh, you know, it's so hard to be sober when you hail from two towns over. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, this idea of like everybody lives two towns over from something, you know, so it's a perfect, well, again, an idiom, yeah. right? Yeah. That you that anybody, somebody that lives in Nebraska or California or whatever, if I'm lucky enough to have yeah. people listen to the song in those other places, can, it'll resonate with them, you know. Like, awesome. oh, I know what two towns over. Like Sam even said, yeah. you know, he's from Turkey City, Pennsylvania. He's like, oh, two towns over is such yeah. and such. You know, like I everybody know. has a two towns over. So I, I really like that song, Thanks, especially man. when I'm like a little fucked up. <laughs> like it's like one of those perfect songs, man. It gives you that kind of susto feeling just a little mm. bit. It's a very like kind of calm, peaceful Thank kind you. of feeling. That's so. a high compliment because um, Justin is uh, is one of my. Uh, Oh yeah, he's the uh, the king of whatever it is, psychedelic yeah. folk. My just God. like yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's a, he's an inspiration for sure, man. He's um, he's been great. He's he's been um, so kind. Like he doesn't yeah. have to be, you know. Obviously, he's got his own stuff going on. He's got a baby. He's married. He's got yeah. a band. You know, he was, I think putting out an album or whatever, probably got put on hold and COVID and then that's yeah. his livelihood and all that. He's going to grad school, yeah. you know, for like um, marine biology and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, something like that. And, and you know, he's like constantly yeah. working in the field and doing research and all this. And so for him to always make time when I was down, I went down twice to Charleston. To, mm -hmm. I went down with Sam and we laid vocals in the second time in January. Yeah. But they're also kind with their time. They're like that's like I can't even explain how much that means when like oh this fifty two year old dude that's a principal you know who thinks he's yeah. you know whatever yeah. they they are complimentary of the songs they take time with them they spend time with them it's yeah. about the process or you know and so he's actually singing he was nice enough to stop by and he's singing on my the new album that'll be coming out so oh, wow. singing on a song called nineteen seventy nine yeah. which by the way exists because my buddy Lee, whose house you were at for the Susto show in the in the garage, 
came up to me one day and he goes, Matt, why don't you think about writing a song that's not really fucking sad? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, challenge accepted. So I wrote a song about going around in a station wagon back in 1979 when I was a kid. And just how fucking great that felt being out, you know, just whether we were driving to go get a pizza or driving to Ocean City, it was just a cool feeling. So anyway, thanks to Lee, I, I wrote one happy song. Right. So anyway, Justin's singing on that one at the end, and, wow. and it's and it's yeah. so vintage. Yeah. Justin's voice, like it's perfect. You, it stands yeah. out a million miles away. It's just he does his perfect bend on the note, and he's got that that voice that's so when he goes up, man, yeah, that's the, he's at his best when he just like hits those yeah. notes, man. It starts like, to like tear a little bit. Oh, it's yeah. it's it's got so yeah. much uh, character. Yeah. You know, I love voices with characters. Of, well, there's a lot of miles on, on those right. chords. It, exactly. <laughs> So, exactly. Yep. Which yep. I'm sure even yep. you're aware of after you've been singing a while, man. Yeah. Yep. Chords start to like really they really do thicken up and all that. So. Yeah. So that's what I was really impressed by Joe Firstman the other night at that Cordova show is like how much character is it? It's almost like this instrument in and of itself. You know? Yeah. Uh, his voice is just amazing. It's yeah. it, like it's mesmerizing. You know, it's like yeah. it's almost like doesn't fit in his body. So yeah. It's like this. Yeah. Those big voice this extension. Yeah. yeah. That's how you know. Yeah. Got what, how did you get first get into Susto? I don't know. You had already known them before they played at Nate. Oh yeah. Okay. Got yeah, it. it's just the internet, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember finding them one night. Either their music videos. I think it was like Susto stories. Yeah. Ever seen those music yeah, videos? Yeah, I love them. They were like, they were um, they were uh, produced by Dries, their guitar okay. player. He's yeah. like a he's a phenomenal videographer and everything, yeah. and like I think he was doing that. Before he was in the band, yeah. So now he's the new guitar player. Okay. Or not only about the new anymore, but um, yeah, they're awesome. I love. Yeah, those. I saw a couple of those. And I, was, I like the one. I, I was hooked. I like the one about uh, uh, the slashing the tires. Which yeah, yeah, the drug it's the money. drug money. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. I saw that video. It's <laughs> probably the that one, Cosmic Cowboy, or like oh yeah, something like that. One of those ones where they're just telling stories, and I was like, this is fucking it's a really, awesome. It's a really cool idea. Like. I agree. And not to mention the lyrics and just the vibe of the music are so like psychedelic and just yeah. kind of like off the wall, you know. Yep. Yeah. Just like the, I the, know. the one about getting eaten in a dream by a naked woman. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Or or uh, like I had a dream that we were doing hard drugs. Yeah, that one. But then then it goes like <laughs> something about Vietnam, you got your legs shot off. I'm like, man, yeah, really Justin's like he's got a really cool way of writing that's yeah. for sure I, I'm not but then he has that hook that brings you back in and it's like yeah. you know it comes in waves yeah you know um, so yeah I I, uh, I think that you know in terms of the, the like them the future birds they've had yeah a tremendous amount of impact on yeah just like my desire to play music oh I yeah I mean they they yeah. make it they make it look like it's so much fun I know they're having fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. I gotta say, man, most of the music that's coming out of the South is like what I'm interested in. It's, yeah. You know, it's and it's not really country or anything. It's just yeah, it's I kind know, of folk rock. Yes. Um, you know, it's laid back. Yeah. Kind of country sometimes. Yeah. You know, Future birds definitely have some Western country yeah, feel. Absolutely. I love covering that rodeo song. Oh, do you cover time. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So, yeah, he played that uh, the other night and nailed it, man. Yeah. It, their voices were so good together. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, the more they, the more they're together, the tighter they get. And mm-hmm. it's like, 
their voices because they had to just rely on two of them instead of Thomas as the third part. Yeah. They really had dialed it in, and we were like maybe two shows from the end of the tour, so it was like the perfect yeah. time to catch them. They were on point. Nice. It was good. They're gonna come back. Um, they're actually playing a show. They said in Atlanta, Labor Day weekend, mm. and Bobby Shorts is playing. Um, before Future Birds, and Bobby Shorts is basically a dead cover band that Carter hmm. is the lead for. If you like the dead, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really cool. We saw them play play as Bobby Shorts um, before their tenth anniversary yeah. gig uh, at the Georgia Theater, hmm. and that was that was a cool show. Yeah. Do, do you get out on the road to, to go to other venues much or festivals? Not much. No. Uh, I mean, I'm working one this weekend. Where's that? Metal Fest. Oh wow. Um, I, I'm an old metal kid at the end nice. of the day. Like, I'm really, my forte is guitar playing yeah. more than anything. Yeah. So that's what I grew up on. But a bunch of my friends' bands are playing it. And Where it's down in Southern called? Maryland oh, called cool. Roachfest. So, yeah, because one of the bands is called Roachzilla, and they put it together, the big stoners. So I, I um, noticed that at Fishheads, they always have metal bands. Yeah. Always. One of the last holdouts. Yep. So. They always um, have metal bands. I go to go to the bathroom in there, and they have all the posters up, and I'm like, um, one name after another is just so impressive. Yeah. Like Crib Death, you know? <laughs> it's like, what the hell, yeah. man? Who comes up yeah. with these these uh, metal band names? Uh, it's great. I'm definitely mellowing pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, well, have uh, you listened to um, Mandolin Orange before? No. Okay, they just changed their name to Watch House, but they're the guy plays a mandolin. Yeah. And his wife plays acoustic, and they they play at like Wolf Trap the other yeah. night. They're they're phenomenal. Um, it's kind of like bluegrass, but but mm-hmm. it's but it's also really nice like Americana music. Yeah, beautiful voices. He was a metal guitarist. Yeah, and to hear him like you'd be like, what? Yeah, you're now like a mandolin player in an Americana <laughs> roots band, and you were a he-, he was like a he was a shredder. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Did you play guitar? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you have a flying D. I have the, basically, I have the uh, Pantera guitar player, nice. Brian Bagdarrell. Nice, I'm one of those. And, nice. I don't know. Like I said, I've definitely chilled out. Now my music's yeah. more just rock. It sounds very 90s. It uh, does. And, like, the latest one I'm putting out is, honestly, like, country rock. Oh, cool. So, um, I'll definitely give you the, yeah, that'd be the great, song man. here or whatever. But um, Are you are you guys um, Hollow True stuff on Spotify? Yeah. Oh, cool. So, That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't put two and two together that you were in that band. I, I noticed that the Hollow Truce, I um, saw that they would like like a post or something. Yeah, it's me. And then I was like, <laughs> uh, and then when but, you just gave me that sticker, I was like, oh, I know this band. Yeah, it's like I have two twin-headed entities going. I got the podcast. That's then, what I, you also have then, that uh, Instagram account. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of fun because I can like. Part-time rock star. Right? Yeah, I can kind of like check out people's stuff from either one. Right, that's great. You know? well, I so, appreciate it, man. Um, that's great. What's up for you guys next? Uh, big weekend this weekend. Um, you got to work the festival. That's Saturday, so that'll be the only time I'm like a media member okay. for the weekend, and then basically slinging t-shirts and interviewing bands. Maybe I don't know. That's cool. Thursday, I'm going down Southern Maryland to play acoustic by myself. Okay. At a place called Scorpion Brewing. Okay. And Friday is Full Tilt. We're playing as a full band, well, Full Tilt Brewing here in Baltimore. Oh, cool. Where's that? It's like Towson ish. Oh, okay. Off York Road, I think. And I then, think I've had one of their beers before. And then we got a real big gig at uh, Ram's Head, Annapolis, um, with um, my buddy Ben DeHaan. Nice. So, uh, when is that? It'll be Sunday night. That'll be, of this weekend? Yeah. Ah, 
kind of a weird night for a show, but it sounds like we've already sold like 100 tickets. Dude, that place is phenomenal. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, the sound in there is so good. Yeah. Their sound man is amazing. Yeah. He really is. I mean, I've never been to a show there where the sound wasn't perfect. Um, and the cool thing, like, the very first time I ever went there was for Kathleen Edwards. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I were on the side of the stage. Yeah. And I've never been back there before. Again, like, I mm-hmm. know better now. I'm like, I'm getting in that front part where you can face the band and everything. It yeah. sounds so good there. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. That's I'm awesome. excited. So, we'll see. Mark actually went, Schmidt went to a show there where they had plexiglass up. Yeah, so the band that. was separated from the um, crowd. Joey Harkin was playing there with that up. That's yeah. So, I don't know. Pretty cool. Well, that's a good gig. Are you guys, uh, what time do you go on? Sunday night. We'll probably go on at like 7, I think. Okay. So, cool. Like I said, it's kind of a weird night for a show, but playing a bunch of places. So, um, you know, we try and get around. <laughs> yeah. Usually the fish head is the, is the normal haunt. Cause they still With have, the whole band? Yeah, because they have rock bands still. Yeah. So that, it's just easy to play there. Okay. Like right down the street. What you um, say? It's like 90s, like Stone Temple Pilot sound? A little. I mean, yeah. you can probably hear in my voice, it's kind of like baritone Yeah, right. So yeah. it's about, my register isn't very high. You sound so, exactly like uh, Aaron Buckheister, actually, talking to him. Yeah. He's the guy that did, that recorded Holy Smoke. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. I swear, man, when I, when you first walked in, it's like, oh my God. What? I think Aaron is a shapeshifter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to yeah. meet him, man. I'm telling you, yeah. he's, he's something All special. Right. He's a, he's a, he's an interesting cat. I mean, yeah, if he man. wants to come on the podcast too. Oh, that'd be that? great, man. He, yeah. he, um, he's, he's, he's such a good dude. He actually played, if you, I don't know if you were at the show cause you, the one you described for future birds at the Smith house was, um, was I think our 50th. Yeah. And they did not have a pedal steel player at that gig. I don't think. And if they did, it may have been Kiffy. I think most people were probably too drunk to notice. Right. So. Right. <laughs> so, um, they came up, we opened up for them. It was probably a show before that. Mm-hmm. And Aaron was playing pedal steel for us. Like a, yeah. one of those mercenary band things where it was just revolving players or whatever. And um, so he, they were like, Future Birds were like, hey, you want to sit in with us? Well, he'd never heard them. Yeah. And like, I mean, he obviously likes them now after yeah. playing with them, but... He was hitting notes that actually were on the recorded albums mm. just because his ears so good, you know. Like, and so yeah. he played. He played with them, um, the whole set, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. And um, he just he just can jump in with everything. But he's a he's a great guy to to meet and kind of kibitz. I definitely yeah. will make sure you guys get in contact with each other. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, going to be about dinner time, actually. Yeah. I'm going to say it's been a fun little hour long chat here we're yeah, going man. on. So. I appreciate it. It's yeah. great talking to you. Appreciate you having me over. So, yeah, I want to thank Matt from Weather Inch for coming on the show. The song you're hearing in the background is called One Drink Away. And once again, you can find that on Spotify, iTunes, basically anywhere on the internet.
So hot.